I'm Rachel Poli here with Ari Meglin, and we're your hosts for the Merry Writer podcast. We're on episode 146, and this week we're asking, what are the stages of writing a book? Before we begin, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening so you never miss a show. And if you enjoyed this episode, please give it a like, write a review, and share it with your friends. So I'm just going to start this episode off and say, if you want to make a quick passive income, you could just write an ebook. It's easy as one, two, three, and it doesn't take long at all. There's very little effort and it's, you know, practically free to do. This is sarcasm, by the way, in case you couldn't tell. I cannot like stress how many articles I've read about explaining how to make money from various side hustles and passive income. And on every single one of those lists, there's always write an ebook. And the way that they explain it is that it's very simple, one, two, three. And that is not the case at all. And you know what? If some people do actually make a passive income from just whipping up an ebook and giving it to the email subscribers and stuff, then you know what? Good for them. But if you want to be an author and write novels and make it your full-time career, it's not that simple. It really takes a lot of time, effort, and money, especially if you self-publish. And I will say real quick that, you know, whether you're a seasoned writer or not, we you should know what the stages of writing a book are, but it's good to have a refresher anyway. And sometimes it's nice seeing it all laid out. Um, especially if you get stuck in the middle of writing your novel, then you can remind yourself these stages and figure out where you need to go next. So the first stage, well, the first two stages are sort of optional. First, we have pre-writing and brainstorming, which is essentially gathering up your ideas and it's doing research. And depending on the genre and the topic of your book, you may or may not have to do any research, I know like for me, because I write murder mysteries, I do have to do research because I really have no idea how autopsies are performed and how police procedure works because I'm not a detective. So I need to look these things up on the internet or read books about it. So that's one of the first things you do. And again, that can be optional depending on the genre that you write, but it's always fun to have a brainstorming session and gather up ideas for your novel, even if those ideas are just a list of character names. Second, you have planning and outlining. This one is definitely optional because not everybody plans, not everybody outlines. We know that there are plenty of pantsers out there and there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm throwing it in there anyway because I like to outline and I know that many others outline as well. And basically planning and outlining your novel is just as it sounds. You're creating a guideline for yourself about what you want the beginning to be, the middle, and the ending of the book. You're creating a list of characters and creating character profiles. You're creating a list of scenes and settings and just jotting down all your plot and subplot ideas. And then once, once you have your outline done, you can move on to the next step. And that next step would be drafting. Okay, this is where you get your ass in the seat and actually start writing. You grab all your notes, pads, binders, post-its, anything you've been scribbling on, and you start to make your story. Now, it's in this part where per it's in this part where people split into different writers. There's the just write writers who work through their first draft, accepting it's going to be shit. It's going to be shit for anyone who doesn't realize, and just gets it done. I hate those people because I would love to be those people, but I'm not. 
There's the constant backtrackers, those who keep going back to fix things they've just written and often struggle to move forward. But sometimes they can end up with a more tidy and organized story if they get it finished. There's the linear writer who has to write in order. And there's the jump around writer, like me, who scene hops writing different scenes and chapters and then has to then tie them all together. So what I'm saying is there is no right or wrong part to this. It's just about writing, getting through the first draft, whether it takes you a month or a few years. It doesn't matter. It's whatever it works for you. But the drafting is getting your first draft done. It's taking all the the mess and the noise from the brainstorm and all the organization of the plot or outline, the uh, planning or outlining, if that's what you did, and making something. That's what the drafting is. And it's probably the part that we love and hate equally because you get that excitement of writing. But there's also a part of you, and I'll say a part of you, a lot of writers go through the part where they just want to keep outlining or they just want to keep brainstorming or it's safe. It's safe in the brainstorming area where you're just churning ideas. But sometimes you do have to stop and draft. I think that this is where you get the, the, the first page, the blank page panic as well. Oh, right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, unless you have that outline handy and like you have your first chapter completely planned out, then yeah, you'll be you'll be staring at that blank page for a little while. But I do want to add, I I like how you broke down the different types of writers because I, I used to be the constant backtracker. But ever since I started doing NaNoWriMo, I am now a just write type of writer because over the years I've realized that the first draft is just you telling yourself the story. No one's gonna see it. It's just, you're getting to know your own characters. So it's really not that big of a deal. I just write down whatever comes to mind and then the real work begins when you start editing. And there's, I also wanna add, there's nothing wrong. Like if it takes you a week to get through your first draft, if it takes you five years to get through your first draft, there's nothing wrong with either one of those. Just as long as you get it done you can say that you accomplished something. It's not a race. Exactly, it isn't. And I think there's a lot of shame put on people if they don't finish their first draft fast or if they don't finish the whole novel fast. I have seen that with authors who've said, oh, it's taken me three years to finish my book. And other people have come rushing in, often people who aren't published, and like been really, oh my God, I can't believe it took you three years. I can't believe it took you 10 years. It's like, it doesn't matter. You don't know what that person was doing. Let's be honest, 90% of the world hasn't got huge chunks of time just to dedicate to writing. Maybe if you get to the point where you're a fully published author and you're making money and that is your full-time job. But most people actually have jobs and sometimes more than one job and families and errands and chores and responsibilities and other things. So, And obviously not everyone deals with it the same. Some people are great morning people, some people aren't. There's so much in your life. I realize I'm kind of on a tangent, but I don't care. There's so much going on in people's lives. It doesn't matter how long it takes. You could start really strong and then hit a bad patch and not touch your novel for 10 years and then come back to it. Don't be shamed by how long it takes you. It doesn't matter what anyone else is doing or not. It doesn't matter. If you want to be a writer, you take as long as you need to. You'll probably find as you get further on, 
you'll either speed up, there'll be times when you slow down, you'll be times when you just want to give up or not. But yeah, whatever you do, don't feel shame about how long it takes you to do anything. I hate that. It's one of my biggest pet peeves in the writing community. Yeah. I concur. Didn't mean to get on my uh, angry pedestal high horse there. No, no, that was great. <laughs> okay, let, let's move on to the next point, which is revising and editing. So when you've done your drafting, which is like writing your first draft, you then have to revise and edit. Actually, it should be edit and revise. Editing is where you make all the little notes. Revising is when you make all the notes on the computer and fix it and make it pretty. So whether you edited as you wrote or charged through without editing, you will still need to edit and revise your first draft. Just because you hopped back and forth fixing things as you went doesn't mean that your story doesn't need a real edit. I say that as someone who also was a constant backtracker, I was very much a write, edit, write, edit, write, edit, write, edit, often in the same page. So yeah, the best way to do it, in my opinion, this is only my opinion, set the story aside for a few days, a few weeks, whatever you feel, and then you put your editor hat on and you go through with your first full edit. Now, it's up to you whether you want to do it as a structural edit and look for those big issues, those gaping plot holes you might have missed. Or because it's your first draft, you could just read it and catch anything as it comes up. Small things, big things. Just read it and see how it feels, how it reads. You, with, with writing, it's not like you write, you edit, you write, you edit, done. It can take time. You might go through several edits. You might only need three. You might need 12. I know one author who's had 14 different edits because they keep finding things or tying things off. And again, no shame, whatever works, seriously. But if it's your very first pass and you're overwhelmed with the edit, then just read it. Just read it, take a pen, highlight bits as you feel, or if you're doing it on the computer, just highlight bits, put notes, but don't overstress. Yes, it'll need a structural edit. Yes, it'll need a copy edit. Yes, it'll need a line edit. But just the first one, just read through it. Make any changes as you go. Um, Word, um, is it on Word, the review is good where you can actually like change and do track changes. That way you can change something, but it's still there if you want to go back and fix it. Uh, things like that, so whatever. But yeah, editing after your first draft. That is obviously the next stage. But don't feel overwhelmed. It can be overwhelmed, especially if you're new to writing. But it's okay. We all go through it and we all hate it. Except for the odd weirdos who love editing. We won't talk about them. Yeah, I, I agree. Revising and editing your novel is a pretty daunting task. Especially if you are editing the first draft. And I do agree with Ari. I think once you finish the first draft, take at least a week away from it. So that way, when you come back to the manuscript, you have a fresh mind and fresh eyes for it. And just sit down and read it. Read it like you're a reader and you're reading it for the first time. And as you find issues, you can make notes to yourself and highlight certain things, as Ari said. And then, you know, you can get into the real edits and the big revisions and just leave yourself notes, such as research notes, realize that you spelled a character's name wrong, typos, things like that. And once you get through your first round of edits and you retype it up, you can go through more rounds of edits. You can go through as many as you want. 
And when you feel like your manuscript is finally ready for a second set of eyes, the next step would be to go through beta readers and or hire an editor. And I say and or because not everybody gets beta readers. And I think we've done a podcast episode on beta readers before, I believe. If I find it, I will leave a link to it in the description. And basically beta readers are just some of your writer friends or some of your first fans from your newsletter or anything that they can read through your manuscript as a reader and give you feedback and notes. And then from there, you edit and revise some more based on their feedback. And the same thing with an editor. You should hire an editor regardless, uh, but whether you have beta readers or not, you should hire an editor and get them to do a developmental edit or a structural edit or anything else. And then when they get back to you, then you go back and revise and edit some more. And it's just one big vicious cycle until you finally feel like you can't edit anymore. With editors, yes, we are a very pro-professional editor, not just someone who's good with grammar. We're talking a professional who knows how to edit. Um, if you can get betas, get betas. You should also be doing your own edits before you get a professional editor. The main reason we say this is because if you get a few more pairs of eyes on your manuscript and fix things that they, you know, fix things that get caught, again, we see the same thing over and over again. We're going to miss things. Betas will catch, not everything, but they'll catch stuff. The more things you can catch before you pay for an editor, the better. Because then it's cheaper. If you give your first draft that's not been edited and you throw it at some poor editor, it's going to cost you so much as they have to like proper dig in and like tear it apart to fix it. Whereas if you've done several rounds of edits, if you've given to betas, if you've listened to the betas and made changes as required, that's a good thing. Before you get a professional, what you might want to do is make sure you do a deep edit. Okay, so deep editing. This is when, if you haven't already, you take it off screen. I know there's some people out there who don't even do it on screen and do it like on typewriters and handwriting. We're not talking about that. But you grab it. You grab the paper, you grab a red pen or a blue pen or whatever. It's going to be something different than the type, the printed type. It's going to be something different than the printed page. And you go through every tiny little thing, every sentence, every line, every word you need. It needs to flow. You need to tighten up the dialogue. You need to check for any loose threads, missing foreshadow. You want to make sure that plot holes are not there, that, that any subplots are resolved. Make sure that your punctuation is on point as much as you can. Let's be honest, even I still get things wrong, especially with semicolons. I don't know why, it just won't go in. I just don't get semicolons, but that's another matter. You want to ask yourself questions. You should have been doing this earlier. We've done a podcast about this. I'm sure we have. If we haven't, we'll have to do one. But you should always be making questions for your manuscript. Stories, things like, is this the right time? Should this have happened? Um, how did this thing occur what is the backstory blah 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 and you should have an answer to all of those questions by your deep edit by this time you'll already have revised and edited several times most likely so this can be tough because you've read and read and read your story to the point where you might actually start hating it a little bit this is why we suggest putting breaks between edits because it can get really annoying but you need to take this edit slowly don't be rushing the last edit and like, oh, you know, you can see the, the 
the finish line. So you want to rush it. Don't. This is important. This is the polish. So you want to go through slowly, methodically, precise, and be brutal. Have you whiffled on about nothing? Have you info dumped that you really like, but it does make a mess? Have you got a character that's just doing nothing and you could probably get rid of that character? Maybe you need to do that. Figure out what words you are overusing. We've all done it. And I think there's a checker somewhere online. If you find that, we'll put it in the link below that will actually pull out like your most used words. And it's horrible when you realize which one you <laughs> overuse. Are you leaving in weak prose or are you creating over long dialogue? I'm not even talking about the long monologues from a villain or a hero or anybody. Even most sentences of dialogue can probably be cut. You don't always need all the extra things. And obviously, if there's a scene that you really love and it should be cut, do it. Cut it, seriously. Just, it'll hurt and you'll feel horrible, but just cut it. Unless every single beta was like, this is the best scene ever. If it's not doing anything, get rid of it. When it's polished, deep edited, polished, go and get yourself a professional editor. Doesn't matter. I know it's going to cost. Pay it, save for it, do anything you can to make sure you've got the money. It's really important. And then you're going to move on to publishing. And I'm going to I'm going to make this publishing slash marketing because it's it's now the thing, isn't it? One of the stages of writing is marketing. You can't get away from it, no matter what. Years ago, you could write a book, throw it at a publisher, and if they liked it, they'd sell they'd sell it, and you did nothing else but write the next book. That is long gone, very long gone. You have to start planning for your marketing and publishing and that's obviously making a decision on where you want to publish whether you want to start trying to get an agent and go through the traditional publishing direction and get a publisher <laughs> whether you want to go self-publishing and obviously this isn't a case of you pick one or the other you do need to research both and decide you you know if you want to go traditional publishing you don't just randomly grab a load of publishers and send your manuscript off send your manuscript off you need to be figuring out query letters. You need to be figuring out the sort of information they want, what their guidelines are, whether they even cover your book, getting several of them because, you know, you want to be ready that if the first one rejects it, to send it to the next one. You want to know the system. The same with self-publishing. It's not a case of, I don't want to go through the mess of traditional publishing. I'll just self-publish. We'll figure it out. I have seen too many books self-published where the pages aren't right because they didn't format it correctly they didn't know what they were doing the information put through kdp was not done correctly it shouldn't be rushed you should you don't spend all this time writing and editing and cleaning it up and paying for editors just to botch it at the end seriously so the publishing isn't the it isn't the end of the race it isn't the you rip through the tape Ta-da! you publish it's work it should also be seen as several months or several weeks at least of research and organization of figuring out what you're doing, you know, setting up profiles and knowing how to do your, like if you're doing self-publishing, how to put it on the system, sending yourself proof copies, reading the story again. Oh my God, seriously, the number of times you're gonna read your story, it's gonna make you cry by the end of it. Checking each proof copy. You gotta you gotta get the proof copy of the ebook, the proof copy of the hardback, the proof copy of the paperback, if you're selling all these, to make sure they all look correct. So that's three times just to check proofs. As I say this, it's making me stressed. Yeah, I feel like we need to do a separate podcast episode on publishing prep, like the before publishing, during publishing, 
or during your launch, I should say, and then the aftermath of it and continuous marketing. I don't even know, have we already done an, an episode on that? I don't remember. No, no, we haven't. <laughs> no. Well, it is, I think we, we might have to do an episode on that too, because Ari's correct. I mean, once your deep edits are done, once you can't edit anymore and you're, you've already hired an editor and you've gotten your beta readers to look over it, then yeah, the publishing is its own bubble of work. There's just so much that goes into publishing. And I feel like out of all of the stages of writing that we've talked about, the actual writing of the book is maybe like 20% of the whole process. I mean, when you when you decide to become a full-time author, you're really going to be doing very little writing, which sounds completely backwards. But if, I mean, that's all just part of the whole full-time author career. Yeah, actually, if you put it in a pie chart and you put down like brainstorming and pre-writing, planning and outlining, writing, editing, betas, marketing, building your platform, publishing, launch. Yeah, I it's like I think people would be surprised that the writing isn't the biggest piece because everything needs to be given attention. And while it might be one of the most important pieces, because obviously without the writing and the story, you don't need to do editing or publishing because you know you wouldn't have a story. But yeah, it's it is a bigger chunk, and I think a lot of people come into this with the idea of it's like, well, I'm going to write a novel, I'm going to edit it, and I'm going to shove it out there, and it's going to sell millions, and I'll just write another novel, and I don't need to do any marketing, I don't need to do any real editing because I'll pay an editor, or I'll just send it to my friends, and my friends will do it for me, and I'll uh, yeah, I'll do that, and it's it's aware, we're all aware when we see those books, and it's like oh, yeah, yeah. that's not if you want to be a, an author, especially if you want to be a full time author or a you know six figure author then no you gotta be better than that and people still come into it thinking it's just that just write and then send it out and it'll just sell it's like why would it sell millions of books out there is it something stupid like a million books a day or a couple of hundred thousand books a day are published i can't remember what the figure is i may have to look it up and i'll put it in the comments i believe you when you say that i don't know what the figure is either but that sounds about right especially now that we have self-publishing because it's like anything, before we had the, the publishers and obviously they gatekept what could, could could and could not come in. And obviously there's a bit of controversy because some people think that was a good idea because there's some absolute fright on the market now. But then obviously there's other things where what was trending became the, the, the biggest stuff that they would take on and other people who did brilliant work. But because it wasn't on trend, they didn't get in. So hence self-publishing is a good idea because voices who should be heard can now be heard. So it's a bit of a mixed bag, you know? I mean, some of the tripe that's out there. Yeah, that does stress me out. But <laughs> I know, I know. But yeah, it, it's uh, it's a bit of a weird one, but I've already forgot what point I was making. <laughs> what point was I making? Oh, yeah. But yeah, so but now we've got self-publishing. Anybody can publish, which is good in the sense of people have a voice and can get out there. But people still think it's like, well, I'll just publish and I'll make money. And it's like, that's a great idea. But so many people can publish now. You have a lot more competition. And I hate saying competition because authors aren't in competition with each other. They're in competition with themselves. But at the same time, it's like a bookshop. There's only so much space in a bookshop. So not everybody's books will be in the bookshop. So you have to be good enough to get in the bookshop. 
Now, obviously, Amazon's different and it's a million books. It doesn't matter. But obviously, people only have a certain amount of time in their life to look for books. It has to be good to get noticed. It has to be good to get reviews, mostly. And that's how you get in front of new readers and then readers can talk about it. So, yeah, just writing and getting it out there isn't enough anymore, especially now that everyone's leaving reviews. And if you write right, people are going to rip you apart for it. The people oh. are mean. <laughs> write good books people will rip you apart I mean some of my favorite books have negative reviews because that's what happens and it's horrible reading people going oh my god it's so trite it's like it was a really good book how do you feel like that but that's just life that's what it's like yeah no it is it is and I I feel like that's kind of why we wanted to do an episode based on the different stages of writing because I feel like sometimes that often gets lost and if you're a new writer, you may not realize that there are certain steps that you have to take or that you should take, but don't necessarily have to take. And then you have the seasoned writers who have been doing this for so long that, you know, I'm sure that there are some people that find ways to cut corners if they really want to produce books faster. And again, there's nothing wrong with that if you're well-established and you know what you're doing, but there are some cases where cutting corners can get you into trouble and you may end up not producing your best work. So with all of that said, we will turn it over to you guys. Do you go through all the stages of writing or do you skip certain parts like the outlining process, for example? We'd love to chat about it. So tell us your answers in the comments below. And for as little as $1 a month, you can join our writing community at patreon.com forward slash the Mary Writer podcast. You'll get monthly bonus content and help support the show at the same time. So on your way out, don't forget to hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening. Then come back every Wednesday for a new episode of the Mary Writer Podcast where we ask all the right questions. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Arguments Over Coffee and Tea. Which side are you on? The music titled Inspired is by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons 4.0.